Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Tamar went through the same next of kin process just like what we just saw here with Boaz and Ruth. She went through the next of kin process so that she could bear a son to Judah. That's why they said they built Israel, because they they perpetuated the tribe of Judah. What's important about the tribe of Judah? That's where the Messiah came from, okay? Jesus Christ. So they perpetuated Judah by bearing a son, and so uh, the tribe of Judah descended from from that. And so the people who pronounced this blessing to Boaz and Ruth, they probably consisted of people from the tribe of Judah that understood that they wouldn't even have existed right now if it weren't for the kinsman redeemer process. They're like, they recognize this is a big deal. We're here because of the same thing. If it weren't for this process, which enabled which enabled them to have a son named Perez back in the day, who was the one who perpetuated the name of Judah, they may not be there. So they're festive. Yeah, look what just happened. We're pronouncing a blessing. May you be like them that built Israel. Wow. They understand firsthand how significant this transaction meant for people who would be down the line from them. Big time for them. Ruth 4 and 13. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. Then the women, many of them, they got around her. What? Look at this assembly. Then the women said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you. Guys, Naomi came back thinking the Lord left her, right? Remember, she was bitter and hurt and heartbroken. They're, they're, she's, they're helping to restore her. Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative, and may his name be famous in Israel, and may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Also, the neighbor Women gave him a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now, this is the genealogy. Look, we get a genealogy. Remember, perpetuation of the name, right? Look at the genealogy. And it starts way back with Perez. Now, this is the genealogy of Perez. Perez begot Hezron. Hezron begot Ram. And Ram begot Amenadab. Amenadab begot. Nashon, and Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz. Here we are in our story now. Look how it carried all the way down. Salmon begot Boaz, and Boaz begot Obed. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David. Oh, Oh, 
Oh, that's so good. Look at how God restored Naomi, though. See how they all got around her and they said, a nourisher of your old age. Any of y'all ever start getting scared about getting older? (laughs) Yeah, things don't work the way they used to and stuff starts happening. Remember this here, guys. God is a nourisher of old age. It's okay. Yeah, we're going to hurt a little bit, (laughs) but God will nourish that. You don't need to be, we don't need to be as so scared. But three chapters ago, Naomi came into town blaming God with bitterness. And she was so distraught for so long, people didn't even know it was her. Couldn't even recognize her anymore. But now God had restored her, a restorer of life. Does anybody need that right now? I do. I need it all the time. Restore me, God. Thank you. Now, do you know the phrase, time heals all wounds? Do not believe that godless nonsense, guys, okay? God is the one who heals all wounds. The Lord God does that. Don't let anything like time take his credit. The Lord is the one who restored Naomi. He restored her with total peace. And Ruth has a testimony now. Ruth has a story. Ruth was a pagan, a foreigner from Moab, but when she met the God of Israel, He rewarded her faith by being redeemed by Boaz. She has a story. She has the story of who I was, how God saved me, and how he has blessed me ever since. Your testimony is three parts. Who I was, how God saved me, and how he has blessed me ever since. Ruth has that now. She has a testimony. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder, look at that, of those who diligently seek him. Diligently. Not just, well, I looked for him one time when I was 16 and said the prayer and I'm good. Are you diligently looking, 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 looking for God in every circumstance in your life? You need restoration and peace and security every day. Are you looking for him in it? Diligently. Before Ruth even knew Boaz. Remember, she acted by faith. She was desiring to get to know the God of Israel by leaving Moab to come to live with the Jews. That's a faithful move because you don't know what's coming. You're just blind going, I don't know what's going to happen when I get there. That's what she did. And so she also acted by faith when she went out to glean in the fields, praying that somebody would find favor with her. And that's how she came to find Boaz. Now, just like Hebrew says, Ruth diligently looked for God, and because of her faith, God rewarded her now. She has a kinsman redeemer to tend to her security and her peace, and she has a son who would perpetuate the family line. That's a blessing for both her and Naomi. Isn't that great? And this family line that will now be continued onward is a very important family line. Very important. If you notice in Ruth 4, Verses 18 to 22, the family line is traced from Perez to David. The guy that they said, look, may you be blessed like that, all the way down to here. It's from Perez all the way through Boaz and all the way down to David, who is King David, the the one, King David. Why is this so important? Because King David is in the same line of Judah from which the Messiah, our Lord Jesus, would come. Do you see how this kinsman redeemer that almost stopped the line is now back on 
which would bring Jesus to save all of us. Whew! Right? <laughs> I want to show you um, how this, what this means. It means that Ruth is the great-grandmother of King David, a direct grandmother ancestor of Jesus Christ himself, a Gentile, like me. Ancestral line of the Messiah. Wow. And I want to show you more lineage because we're here on this. Matthew 1 and 1 through 5. It says, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Watch this. The son of David, Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. And Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez. See, we're in the, where the blessing was pronounced on them by the people at the town gate. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron, and Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Amenadab. Amenadab begot Nashon, and Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Look, there's Boaz. The Gospel of Matthew is now linked to Ruth. You see how the Old Testament and the New Testament just touched right here? Okay, we're running the same genealogies here. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. And if you read the lineage through all the way to verse 16, it goes on to say, And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Did you know that in going into Ruth that Jesus was tied up in this somewhere? I'm sure you did, but did you know it was going to be that direct? Do you think God is able to preserve and make happen what he wants to make happen? Why do we worry about, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. When you look at a story like this, do you realize that God, if he's going to make it happen, he's got to make a way to make it happen. I'm amazed. I, friends, I'm excited. This is exciting to me. And, and also, it's so exciting to know that the biblically recorded genealogy of Messiah Jesus includes a grafted-in Gentile named Ruth who is in the Messiah's ancestral line. Nobody can ever tell me that Messiah Jesus cannot be a Gentile's redeemer too. He's mine. Look at the line. I'm in that line too. Thank God. Nobody can tell me Jesus can't be my Messiah. Nobody can ever tell me, no, he's our Messiah. Hey, your Messiah had a Gentile in the pipeline. So glad. In the book of Ruth, God is trying to show us that because of his great love for us, he willfully wanted to be our kinsman redeemer. And he set up the work in such a way where he could get us. And he went and did the work and bought us. He wanted to buy Israel back to himself as his own special people. He bought them to be his and allowed even us Gentiles a way to be grafted into the blessing too. Friends, our sin got us into trouble, bitter trouble. Like Naomi, she was bitter. Oh, the Lord. Oh, It got us in bitter trouble. And just like Naomi and Ruthless were helpless to do anything about their situation without Boaz, we are unable to save ourselves without Jesus Christ. We need a kinsman redeemer, someone close who can afford to buy us back, who's qualified. Now, but you got to be like Ruth. Salvation is not automatic. 
And we diligently need Jesus Christ. You've got to be like how Ruth demonstrated, and you've got to come by faith, diligently seeking Jesus as your kinsman redeemer. You can't just say, well, I said the prayer a long time ago, and I'm good, and just live ho-hum the rest of your life. It's got to be diligent. That's what I want to ask a lot of people who are not in the body of Christ, who don't pray, you don't value anything of God anymore. You're like, well, I'm saved and I'll do what I want to. Are you diligently looking for him? Are you diligently? Whatever you love, you will diligently do. I've seen kids diligently play video games. They love it and they will do it. I've seen people diligently attend to hobbies of different kinds. They love it, so they do it and they put into it. If you're not diligently putting into the things of righteousness of the kingdom of God, you don't really love him. You just want to be saved. You're like that relative. I just want what I get out of it. Oh, but as soon as I have to do something and be a sacrifice, well, no, no, I'm out. Don't be like that relative. Don't be like him. Diligently seek Jesus as your kinsman redeemer. And ask, like Ruth did to Boaz, ask, present yourself to him in your best. Ask that he cover you with his protection to buy you out from your bondage of sin. If you give yourself to him, Scripture says he will betroth himself to you. God will betroth himself to you, just like a marriage vow. And that's exactly how the story played out between Ruth and Boaz. And this is where I want to switch the story to us now, to have a little application. Again, I'm going to ask the question, are you diligently seeking Jesus Christ? Are you diligently looking for him, how how he plays out in your life, how the opportunities come that you can be a sacrifice to other people and bless them? How do you pray? Do you pray often? Do you study the Bible? Or did you study it uh, once two years ago? I, yeah, are you diligent? Are you really looking to get closer to him? Most people think they're saved because, well, I, I just think I'm saved. I'm a good person. But remember, Naomi was a good person. Ruth was a good person. But even the, the harvest was going to run out. The harvest that she got to work in the fields was going to eventually end. She needed something that would get her beyond that harvest. And it had to come through a kinsman redeemer, Boaz. I'm always looking for Jesus in my life. Do I see Jesus at work here? I need to know more about him and study the word. Friends, I want you to experience God's reward in your life, just like Ruth and Naomi did. And if you think about it, Boaz came out pretty good in this too, didn't he? Look what he got. He got Ruth. He, he was a blessing, but he, he got a marriage out of it. But the only way you're going to get these rewards like this if you, is if you are diligently seeking him. Ruth was diligently looking, and God granted her a kinsman redeemer through Boaz. But too many people, it's sad to say, too many people are thinking about themselves, what they get out of everything. They're looking for their own gain, not how they can be like Jesus Christ and live like a sacrifice and give themselves of themselves to bless others. Guys, that is not how Christians live. Christians don't live looking for what they get out of everything. Christians live by, what can I do to be a blessing to somebody? How can I take what I've got and bless somebody else with it? That's how Christians live. The other relative was into this deal, something in it for me, right up until he found out he's going to have to sacrifice to bless others, and then he backed out. Disgraceful. The Bible called for spitting in their face for that. Friends, if you live your life diligently looking for yourself in everything rather than Jesus, 
then that is not the life of a Christian believer. That is the life of a selfish opportunist who cares about no one but themselves. Boaz had the finances to redeem. Boaz had the will to do it. And Boaz was willing to sacrifice what he had for the inheritance and for the perpetuation of someone else's life. While all others were incapable to save us, Jesus had the will to redeem us, and Jesus was willing to sacrifice what he had, his very life. That's a lot. Jesus gave his entire life for the perpetuation of our lives, for our inheritance, which is eternal life. Isn't that good? You know, Jesus never once looked at you and said, pay all that so they can inherit it all? No thanks. I'm out. He never said that about you. He said, I'll pay every bit of it, and you're worth it. That's exactly what Jesus said. The relative was weak and couldn't redeem, but Boaz did. Romans 8 and 3, for, the wall, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. God did it, what the law could not do. It was too weak to do it. Jesus had the will. God had the will. He did the work to redeem us, both Jew and Gentile, to perpetuate us in his name. Oh, that's a good one. So that because of what he paid, we could receive an inheritance, eternal life. Now, I love how Boaz said before the elders, he said, I bought all of it. I bought all of it, every bit of it, for his own special people. He bought all of it so that Ruth could become his own. Titus 2 and 14, Jesus Christ is speaking of, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people. The Lord God bought Israel, and we're grafted in that too. He did that for you and I. And when Boaz said he bought it all, he also stated that it was so that the name would not be cut off. He stated this to agree with what we read in the law in Deuteronomy 25 and 6. I want us to be reminded real quick. It says, And it shall be that the firstborn son which she bears will succeed to the name of his dead brother, that his name may not be blotted out of Israel. That his name may not be blotted out. Boaz sacrificed himself so that the name would not be blotted out. And remember how he set all this in front of all the elders. Did you know that Jesus redeemed us to keep our names from being blotted out? And he also will announce it in front of everybody as acceptance for you. Revelations 3 and 5. It says, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name. (laughs) So that your name won't be blotted out. The perpetuation. I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He's going to not blot out your name. He's going to tell everybody, I accept you. Ruth the Moabitess, my wife, the foreigner, even me, the Gentile, the foreigner, he's going to declare it in front of everybody. Friend, if you will give yourself to Jesus, if you will give yourself to Jesus, he will not be ashamed of you. He will not be ashamed of you. 
What kind of chance did Boaz stand of being ashamed by saying, I accept a foreign woman as my wife? But he told everybody, Ruth the Moabitess, I have taken as my wife. The Lord God will profess your name to everybody in front of God and the angels. But again, sadly, there's a lot of people that are ashamed of Jesus. They want to believe they're saved, but they refuse to profess Jesus publicly because they're afraid of what's going to happen to them if they do it. I've had people calling themselves Christians tell me to stop talking about Jesus. They have told me to stop talking about Jesus. People that called themselves Christians, they listen to their praise music, they go to church, and they tell me to stop talking about Jesus. I said, why do you say such a thing? Because other people might get offended. I said, no, what you really mean is you're afraid of what they're going to do to you if they see you with me. You're ashamed of the Lord. You are ashamed of the Lord. Don't be ashamed of the Lord. If I talk about Jesus, get excited. Talk about him with me. Don't tell me to be quiet. Don't be like that relative who refused to be a sacrifice when he saw it would cost him rather than how he could be a blessing. Matthew 10, 32. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. We saw all these elements play out in the book of Ruth. I want to ask you, will you confess Jesus publicly? Or are you like that relative who is more concerned about what they're going to lose than to do the right thing and be a blessing? If you want to confess Jesus publicly today, pray with me. Father God, Lord Jesus, I confess your name. I confess you as Lord of my life. I will do what you say. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and saving me, the sinner, the foreigner who was far away, who was in poverty, who was in trouble. Thank you for doing the work of a kinsman redeemer to perpetuate me in your name, to keep my name from being blotted out of the book of life so that I may live eternally forever with you. Thank you that you're not ashamed of me, the sinner. You're not ashamed of me. You accept me, even so much to tell the Father God himself, he's mine. She's mine. Thank you, Lord God, that you would look at us like that. Teach us, Lord God, how to pronounce this word to your your people out there, to show people that we should be excited about Jesus and not ashamed, that we should proclaim you so that we won't be denied, so that we will be proclaimed too. Thank you for Jesus for accepting us like this. You didn't look at us as a business deal. You looked at us with love. And Lord, I don't serve you to get just eternal life. I serve you to get you, Lord Jesus. You are my reward. Thank you, kinsman, redeemer, Jesus Christ, for perpetuating me through all eternity. Like Hank said, it's the deal of a lifetime. (laughs) I thank you, Lord, for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For so many years, and I know some of y'all have experienced this, you've experienced shame in your life. And you felt like you weren't worth anything. And that's why I always say, or try to remember to say, you're not worthless, you're priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. And if you realize that he will proclaim you without being ashamed of you, doesn't that give you your sense of worth? To realize that you are so wonderfully made? You have a lot of value? Don't let the world convince you that you're nothing, because you're not. Lord Jesus died to make you his. Thank 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.